we see that kind of mindset. We, we see, let's just coexist with just everyone. We see, you know what, if you are sincere in what you believe, that you will go to heaven. Or, hey, I'm spiritual, and because I'm spiritual, so the, the world have come up with all of these, if you will, substitute ways of salvation. And Satan is doing it, I believe, because of the fact that there is that emptiness there that need to be filled. Get ready for Contending for the Faith 2023. It's a power-packed three-day annual event, April 18th through the 20th. We've got all the details with you and for you. <laughs> We've got Pastor Bartholomew Orr, Senior Pastor at Brown Missionary Baptist Church, who is the host church for this event that got underway, really, the vision of one of its members, Muriel Taylor, my dear friend, back in 2013, I believe it was. And then the first session, 2014, got underway. And it's history. What is this, like nine years, Pastor Orr? You know, and I was just texting, like, <laughs> is this nine or 10 years that we have been doing this? But it's been a blessing. Tell you what, well, the theme this year is Now Unto Him. It's based off the scripture in Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. Really, Dr. Orr, this whole uh, Contending for the Faith conference is designed really for helping empower, to encourage pastors, ministers, spiritual leaders, but also lay people too. Lay people. And I, and I really want to stress that because we're coming out of this pandemic at a time when so many are questioning the faith. We have so many of our young people that are just skeptic about everything. If ever there was a time, it is now that we need to be equipped and prepared just to defend the faith and contend for the faith that God has given us. Well, I want our Bot Radio Network listeners to really hold on to your seats and keep your ears real close to the radio for the next half hour, because you're going to hear some details about a conference that is incredible. And what's it underlines under the word free, there's no cost, which is unbelievable. I mean, you're getting seminary education That's from, right. from some of the godly people from all across America. Wide They're, spectrum of individuals, from professors to pastors. You know, we, we have the professional as well as the practitioners. <laughs> well, in these workshops, Dr. Orr, you mentioned the pandemic. There is the preaching in post-pandemic church strategies and tactics. Dr. Joel Gregory, who is incredible expository of God's Word. Yes, from Texas and Joel Gregory Ministry and, and from Baylor. I tell you, this is an opportunity for anyone to come and to really be blessed. And I want to run down some more of these uh, workshops, The Role of Suffering and Spiritual Growth, Dr. James Allman. Now, Dr. Allman was my Bible teacher at Mid-South Bible College. Oh, wow. He was freshly out of Dallas Seminary, and he was working on his doctorate, and he hadn't gotten it yet. Soon later, he completed that doctorate and went on to become a head of Old Testament at Dallas Theological Seminary. Wow. He's retired now. All those years have gone by since those <laughs> Mid-South Bible College days, Dr. Orr. And Dr. Allman is retired. He's back in Memphis, and he's part of this conference. And we're looking forward to it. And, and what better time than now 
to talk about suffering when so many uh, have been suffering from disease, from isolation, just the all of that is happening in our world. Yeah, and I know you and I have talked on this show in the past about ministering to so many families because of COVID and the impact of it taking so many lives, members of your church, those extended family members. And there was a time that you were doing multiple funerals during the week. You know, we, we talk about how do we minister to people? And the Bible says we're to weep with those who weep. We're to rejoice with those to rejoice. So the church need an answer, even for those that are suffering. And this is a time to come to be equipped on not only just to give people an answer, but also to be able to show how can we uh, use even suffering as a time to present the gospel, to lead folks to Christ. Thinking hermeneutically. Now, that's a big word, Dr. Orr. And my dear friend and yours too, Pastor Reginald Taylor, who's been on this show multiple times, he's going to be leading that workshop. Can you tell me what that big word means? You know, how do we interpret the scripture? How do we make sure that we are rightly dividing the word of truth? How do we look at context? Who was writing? What were they saying? What was the intent? So how you interpret something is going to really drive everything else. I've been told years ago, one interpretation, now many application, yes. but you have to make sure that you get the right interpretation. Now, as a pastor, I'm sure you spend much time in your study trying to work that out, right? You know, what is that big ideal that the original author wanted us to receive? And how can that be the driving force? And again, applying along the way, different application, different situation, but making sure that we do have the right exegete. I tell you, folks, these are three days of incredible workshops. I'm just mentioning a few of these. I mean, Christ-centered preaching, what's next from membership to discipleship, preaching and teaching, developing the devotional life of a leader. Reimaging digital discipleship, preaching and teaching Proverbs, the root of skepticism, leading change in your church. I mean, I can't even list all of these, Pastor Ward. We don't have oh time for it. You know, I'm excited this year. We actually have Lisa Fields from the Jude 3 Project and talking about an incredible young lady that is really ministering to millennials and dealing with this whole thing of apologetics. It is so important at this particular time. Many of our churches have shied away from apologetics within the church. And yet our young people are going off to school and they're not returning back to the faith. Now, there is one um, research that is out there that says only a third of young people that grow up in our churches go off to school, actually return to the faith. So we're losing two thirds of the young people in church. Now, that's not to mention What about the people that are not growing up in church? Yes. But if we're losing two thirds of the ones that grow up, we need a word and we need an answer uh, to the skepticism that is happening today. The worldview has been skewed. Yes, Pastor, the church is in a desperate place right now. And I'm glad you said that because skepticism seems to be a battle that we're facing more intensely in the marketplace. I'll post from this radio show on social media and I'll get, you know, an agnostic or an atheist or somebody, you know, they wanted to refute what I've stated or what's been said on this yes, program. So true. And and that's the time that we're living in. And, and now it's happening younger and younger. Every time that I tell my nine-year-old grandson something, the question that comes back, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Do you believe this? And they are getting so much 
from the Internet, from social media. Um, I was saying recently in a sermon, TikTok, they're learning more from TikTok than they are, some of them, from their own classroom. Wow, that's an indictment for us, too. We've got to wake up, right? Well, there's keynote speakers that are incredible. Dr. Brian Chappelle, who is the pastor emeritus of Historic Grace Presbyterian Church and president emeritus of Covenant Theological Seminary. Dr. Maurice Watson, who's the senior pastor at the Second Presbyterian Church in his native Little Rock, Arkansas, where he was called to preach at the age of 16. Dr. Orb, close to the, your early age. Hey, look, we, we have people that have been preaching a long time, <laughs> and, and, this, and this is what makes this conference so wonderful is that you have such a vast array of individuals. It's almost like we have the best buffet in town. Yeah, I love that. As, as it relates. So whatever your taste is, you can come and be blessed, be fed. The worship, the times of worship, every morning uh, we have a morning manna and the likes of Pastor Brian Carter from Texas, Courtney Richardson, Minister Courtney Richardson leading us in times of worship. You will be blessed by just being there. And my goodness, they need to go and register. Yes. Go to brownbaptist.org, brownbaptist.org, and there's a place for you to click and register for this event. Again, friend, it's free, but we need to know your attendance. So please go right away and register for this three-day conference, again, starting on April 18th through the 20th. And so you're encouraged to go ahead and do that. And there's other keynote speakers. We don't, we don't have time to mention all the details here because I really want to dive into some conversation here with Dr. Orr. You know, Pastor, our profession of faith ought to produce fruits of good works. You recently blogged about this from a message in Mark 11 where Jesus noticed the fig tree. What would Jesus find if he examined our lives? That was the question. Are we full of leaves because we know how to look the part and play the role of being a Christian? Are we empty of the fruits of witnessing, praying, caring, and sharing? Could this be a sign, Pastor, that there hasn't been a true transformation through the gospel in our lives? You know, unfortunately, Byron, it happened even in Jesus' day. People had become so professional, religious individuals that they were missing the meat of the of the gospel. They were missing um, the thrust of what uh, God had laid out, even in his redemptive plan. And they were just going through the motion. You know, you go back to Malachi, where the Lord said, I wish somebody would turn the light off <laughs> and close the door on your way out, because the worship that you're doing is so empty, because it doesn't have the fruits of righteousness that should go along with it. Wow, Pastor Orr. Well, John wrote in his gospel to prove the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus could forgive sins as he did with the woman caught in adultery. Jesus' I am statements such as I am the light of the world were tied directly to God, telling Moses, I am that I am. Even God confirmed Jesus' true identity. Even Abraham rejoiced at Jesus Christ coming to bring salvation. Why do you think it's so hard for some to identify Jesus as God compared to some good moral teacher? Well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. So if Satan can plant the seeds that Jesus is just another good teacher, then he has reduced Christianity to all of the other religions in the world. And what do we see nowadays? We, we see all roads lead to heaven. We see that kind of mindset. Yeah, we, yeah. we see, let's just coexist with just everyone. We see, you know what, if you are sincere in what you believe, 
that you will go to heaven. Or, hey, I'm spiritual, and because I'm spiritual. So the, the world have come up with all of these, if you will, substitute ways mm-hmm. of salvation. And Satan is doing it, I believe, because of the fact that there is that emptiness there that need to be filled. It can only be filled by Jesus Christ. But if he can fill it with a lot of substitutes, then it just sends more people right to hell. Oh, Pastor. Well, do you feel the church has lost its understanding of the gospel's definition and God's intention to display his power through its purpose? I believe that as a church, we need to get back to the basics, yeah. <laughs> if you will. We, we have so strayed away. And, and nowadays, church is everything but what God intended it to be. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. In that passage that Jesus is saying that with Zacchaeus, there is such a contrast be- between Zacchaeus, who is readily receiving Jesus, but then the religious leaders, the Bible said when Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, he was weeping. And he was weeping because he said, you all have missed the understanding of who's in your midst. If only you could embrace yes. the salvation that I'm bringing. And yet they were missing it. Zacchaeus was receiving it. And because Zacchaeus received it, he made a change. And that's when Jesus said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Salvation has come to this brother's house. We've gotten away from just an emphasis on salvation. How many of our churches have a goal of trying to win sinners to Christ? What is our goal? Are we trying to win 100? Are we trying to win 200 this year? What would happen if every last one of our members got excited about winning somebody to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, some people say, well, you're just talking about numbers, but numbers represent souls, the souls of people who, without Christ, are on a destiny to hell. And the Lord was concerned about numbers. Yes. <laughs> Jesus said in that parable, go into the highways and byways, compel yeah. um, men and women to come. Why? So that his house could be full. Yes. And we're in a day and time now, the pandemic, uh, we're post-pandemic. Everywhere else has filled up but the church house. You think people have found other entertainment or other things to occupy themselves? You you know, during the pandemic, there was probably more praying going on. People would tell you, well, we thought the the world was coming to an end. They were online two and three times watching two and three services on Sundays because they were, hey, they were trying to make sure I'm covered. (laughs) But, But now that all of that is over with, it's almost as if we have returned to business as usual. Oh, Dr. Orr. Pastor, where do you find yourself lately in times of reflection, pondering the things of God? What keeps coming to your thoughts personally? Again, my wife and I, we have six grandchildren and a seventh one on the way. Congratulations. <laughs> thank, thank you so very much. What kind of world are we leaving to our children and this next generation? Where would times be five, 10, 20 years from now? What kind of shape will the church be in in that particular time? That is what is heavy on my, I'm celebrating now, been pastoring Brown 34 years, wow. 34 years in a, in a few months. You got to always add the few months when you pastor <laughs> Baptist people. And the hours too, right? <laughs> hey, but um, where are we going and what shape are we going to leave the church 
for this next generation. Yeah. What are some resources, maybe some books or things you've been reading lately that stands out that's been helping maybe shape some of your, and you've been in the ministry a long time. You can't fool you too easy. You know, you've, you've been around the block a few times when it comes By, to ministry. Byron, I, I tell you, the book that I'm stressing right now more than ever is the Bible. <laughs> I love it. And, and the reason, here's the reason why I say that yeah. is because our people are not familiar with the Bible. And so at Brown, the strategy that we're, that we're really pushing is let's read the Bible together. So this year, we're reading through the New Testament together. Mm -hmm. And so even the devotional blogs that you were reading from, it is because of the fact that we want to read together on a daily basis. And as we read together on a daily basis, uh, we want to examine it. Uh, how do we apply it? How do we apply it even in our prayer life? Right. And then we study it during the week. And exactly what we've been reading, I come right back and preach from yes. that. Yes. So I, I don't have to pull in a whole bunch of other stuff. Now people are saturated with yes. the Word of God yes. so that we can learn. Because how can a young man clean up his ways Amen. but by taking heed to the Word of God? Pastor, I really like your emphasis going back to the Bible, back to the basics, as you mentioned earlier. At our church, we have an emphasis on discipleship, and a lot of churches do that. But I mean, to the point that our pastor has designed a 13-week program on training disciples, which he leads personally, you know, and I've gone right. through that. And the challenge is when you come through, then you look for someone you can pour into. To disciple. Yeah. And again. so I just built, started building relationships with a young man, and we're starting to meet weekly. You know, as we were praying together, and I was thinking... What resource, what book, what can we use to bring into our time together to, you know, grow deeper and to study and to get into conversation? And I just thought our pastor spends so much time preparing for messages. And right mm. now we're going through the book of Galatians, mm. verse by verse. Right. And I thought, why don't we just go back and study his notes and bring that in? Because right. this is gold. You know, this is material from God's word. It going right. back to the Bible. It stays within the ministry that we're learning. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed to be the, the right thing to do. And, you know, hey, my goodness, nowadays we are posting all of our notes, yes. sermon notes, and all of those things are right there, right readily available for individuals um, to receive their digital. So what better way than to make it stick? How much time do you prepare in presenting God's Word each Sunday during the oh, week? Oh, my goodness. Well, again, because we're reading it, yes. blogging it yes. every day, yes. then, you know, about the time that weekend comes— Everyone is already immersed within it. No, exactly. And, but you're on personal. When you're ready, preparing for that next Sunday's message, I would, I would probably time. say about three to six hours yes. is spent fine-tuning, crafting a sermon, yes. and making sure everything is, well, is where it needs to be. That's what I'm be. saying. You dedicate that time, you know, and there's something there because God's put on your heart that needs to be heard more than just Sunday morning and meditated upon more than just Sunday morning. And, and here's a wonderful thing. I mean, you know, going back to even to Contending for the Faith, one of the uh, seminars is on how do we creatively communicate the Word of God. The lesson was on Jesus overturning the tables in the um, temple um, and he said, my house shall be called a, a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And so it was a wonderful opportunity for us to really creatively look at what do we do about this message? And uh, we actually uh, entitled it, The Tables Have Turned. <laughs> I love that. And, um, and we had tables turned over all on the stage, chairs thrown everywhere. But it was Jesus turning over the tables because of the fact of the wrong kind of people that was there. But when they got out, 
he turned the tables in the favor of the lame, the blind, that oh, was my able goodness. to come in. Yeah, because the religious people had been excluding the people because Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Right. And even the Gentiles were allowed to come to some place yes, in the temple. Yes, yes, But they were saying, no, you can't come here. They was, were discriminating. It, it had become just a marketplace for oh. so many. And when Jesus cleared it, the Bible talks about, and especially in Matthew gospel, how those that were sick, they came in. And he healed them. But here's yep. the thing. The religious leaders, after seeing the miracles taking place, the Bible says even the children were praising the Lord. They were upset that <laughs> <laughs> they were angry at what was happening. That is what we ought to want to see happen in our churches. Miracles taking place. The right message being proclaimed yes. as worship is going on. And Jesus, <laughs> you know, say, hey, look, this is what it's all about. What is, Bart, the most important part of a conference like Contending for the Faith? What do you appreciate most about hosting a conference like this? One, I think the fellowship is so important. As iron sharpeneth iron, the Bible says, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. So this is a wonderful way for people to come and just to be able to fellowship. So you're learning, you're building relationships with others. It is a time of refreshing. I mean, there are times when you just need to get away. You just need a reset. Um, you need to hit that pause button so that somebody can pour into you so that you can now be equipped to go back and to give. So there, there's this whole uh, dynamic of, of being refreshed at a time like this. Yes. And then it's a wonderful opportunity. And I was just you know recently at a conference. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to say, okay, I've gotten all of this information, and, and for some, it's going to be process overload. But how can I now take three things away that I'm going to now incorporate it back into uh, my own preaching and our own church? And if we can do that, then the conference have really done its purpose. Yes. And as we mentioned, the layperson listening today, you don't have to be a pastor or a professional you know, minister of the gospel. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel, even if we are, you know, on a church salary or not. But this opportunity can really help expand your understanding of God's word, can really help you as you go make disciples of others and then pour into those. It gets just a wonderful for three days, Bart, this is a powerhouse. It, it, it is from morning to evening. For those that are even at work, look, the revival times in the evening will still be a great opportunity for them to come and to be equipped we need to equip our people so that as they go back into the marketplace, then they are taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are shining the light of the gospel. The only way <laughs> our cities and communities are going to change, we have to see a harvest of souls. And that's only going to happen when we get back to as Jesus in the Great Commission. Go ye therefore into Amen. all of the world and make disciples. Well, as we talk about going into all the world and making disciples, give us an update on the Brown ministry around the world because you travel. Have you been out of the country lately? You know what? I have a couple of trips coming up this year to Brazil, back to Africa. I didn't get a chance to do Africa last year. So I'm excited to be able, because, you know, I, I love yes. to travel this I know well. you do. Yep. And so this is a great opportunity for us to get back out, to really go and to uh, spread Man. the gospel. What stands out to you, Bart, about the nations outside the U.S. and how the church is moving in these countries when you go there? First of all, God is bringing about revival 
in a lot of places around the world. Um, I was talking to our missionary partners in the Philippines, for example, and we're seeing a revival breakout. And just like it happened on the college campus here in the States, a lot of this is happening among young people. So we're excited to see revival breaking out in pockets around the world. And what better way to go and be a part of that? And here's a wonderful thing, Byron, because so many times churches feel as if it's all about going. Here's the thing now, the Lord is bringing the world to us. Yes. And so even in our backyard, there are ways that we can minister, Amen. meet the needs of individuals, make a difference and make disciples of people around the world from those that are just in our backyard. Well, I don't think I've ever asked you this question, all the times you've been on this program, where do you get your energy? When I see you preach, sometimes I see you running around the auditorium, I see you moving. Where do you get this energy? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, (laughs) where he has anointed me to preach the gospel. We have to just give the credit to God and to the Holy Spirit. Look, I was telling my wife, I got to get back in the gym. (laughs) You you know, I I had a close connection in Atlanta, and I was running through the airport. By the time I reached the next flight, I was like, I'm out of breath. So uh, I I, I need the Holy Spirit to do his work, and and I'm so grateful. And that is, what to me, what expository preaching is all about. It's done under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, Bart. I appreciate you so much. As always, great to have you on the show, but especially when we, each year we talk about the contending for the faith, Yes, because the conference is, this is dynamic, guys. You've got to make sure you register. Go to brownbaptist.org, brownbaptist.org. There's a place on the website that you can register. And they can also go to thecontendingconference.com. Yes, and on that website, as you just mentioned, thecontendingconference.com. Dot com. Yeah. Go to that website, and that has got the whole schedule. You can right. download a PDF file of all three days. You can keep it in your phone. You can look over it. Start praying, if you will, for this event as you prepare your heart and see that God is going to use this to really change the trajectory of your walk with Christ, to help you deepen it, to help you, as Pastor Orr said, gain some new fellowship, meet some right. folks. It's a wonderful place to be. God bless you, Dr. Orr. We appreciate you so much. Appreciate you. <laughs> well, friend, again, go to that website, as he said, thecontendingconference.com, thecontendingconference.com, and get all the details. Please do it soon. It's, there's no cost, so I encourage you to do it. Even if you can't come to all three days, You can still sign up and come to as much of it as you can in and out. We encourage you to do so. Well, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Mid-South Viewpoint. The show is archived for on-demand listening on our website at botradionetwork.com or via your favorite podcast platform like Spotify and iTunes. Some of our shows have video as well and can be viewed on YouTube at Byron Tyler Radio. We would love for you to follow AM640 on our Facebook page at Bot Radio Network Memphis Mid-South. Stay tuned for more Bible teaching and Christian news and information on AM640.